Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. And we've seen the re- the effect it had on those people. They gathered every day for fellowship to hear the apostles' teaching for the breaking of bread and to prayer. Miraculous signs were being done. And then we come to chapter 3. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple. Yes, it says, you see, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. So they came together as a big group every day. But... They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They came together in smaller, more manageable units also. You know, 3,000 people, and even if they couldn't all get there at the same time, there was sufficient number to really make an impact. I mean, you know, these, these people were all full of God. Let's understand that. They were newly saved, newly baptized in the Holy Spirit. They, you wouldn't have kept them quiet. They would have been praising God in ways that people had never seen worship and praise before. Uh, And they would have been very quick to testify to others, to friends and acquaintances, about the reality of what had just taken place in their lives. So they would have been producing a real ferment. And we we saw that what Jesus promised the disciples Uh, was that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon them, the power that would enable them to take the life as well as the word and the power as well as the truth of the kingdom of God out into the world. So we're immediately introduced to just one event that took place and the furor that that created in Jerusalem. Uh, Many miracles and signs were happening. But um, Luke gives us just this one because of the impact that it had. Now, the event is a very simple one. Here is this man who was crippled from birth that was carried to the entrance to the temple every day by his friends. So he was a familiar sight. This means that Jesus must have passed him several times on his way into into the temple, but never healed him. It meant that Peter and John and and others would have passed him every day. On this particular occasion, we read in verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Now, these men, Peter and John and the others, they were getting used to a whole new way of operating. I mean, they'd followed Jesus and seen the things that he'd done. They, They... that he did. They were sent out by him and and they'd seen great and wonderful things happen. But now here was this spirit living in them, urging them to do this, leading them to do that, telling them to do something else. And suddenly it must have been that the Holy Spirit just sort of welled up within Peter because Peter looked straight at this cripple, as did John. And Peter said to him, look at us. So the men gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them, thinking presumably he was going to receive some money. But Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now this is something else. This is authority. This is the kind of authority that Jesus himself had been manifesting. And the power accompanies that authority. 
Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So now he's joined the church. He goes into the temple with them. Uh, and when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Oh boy, don't we need a few miracles like this in the life of the church today? And not, not just in the life of the church, but to see these things happening out in the community because this was, if you like, out in the street. It wasn't within the context of of being hidden away in a Christian meeting somewhere. So uh, we see God doing a lot of healing out on the streets uh, in in uh, our ministry in, in Kingdom Faith. And and even the young people, uh, they see this at school, you know, you where, where the church encounters the world. We can expect to see signs and wonders and miracles and healings taking place. And yet again, we were to see that this was a very strategic move. It was a very strategic miracle. This turned out to be very strategic because of its public nature. Uh, you, you have a miracle hidden away in a church building somewhere, and it's not really going to impact the world. But there was no more public place than the temple. And so this happened right at the entrance to the temple. And the man goes into the temple. And so uh, what happens? Well, the people were astonished, came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. This would have been where Jesus had often preached. When Peter saw this, he said to the men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Now, what he says next is very important. Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? You know, there are some people that even today want to give the impression that it's because they are great, mighty men or women of God that this happens, that happens, the other happens. Well, that wasn't the attitude of these early apostles. It was almost as they were saying, look, this has got nothing to do with us. We didn't do this. This is what Jesus has done. He goes on to explain, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. So now he takes the opportunity to preach about the cross and about the resurrection. He was raised from the dead. He says that we are witnesses of this. And then he explains in verse 16 of chapter 3, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you can all see. Now, you know, there are some people who always say, well, miracles like this were just for the early church. They're not for today. Well, that's not true. Uh, if it is true, if it was to be true, then the name of Jesus would have lost its power and authority. Because what, what uh, and that certainly hasn't happened, what Peter is explaining is, listen, it is the power and authority of the name of Jesus and the faith that comes through him. In other words, he is saying, John and I, when this event took place, we had faith in the name, in the power, in the name of Jesus, in the person of Jesus. That's why this man is walking. Because God gave us the power, gave us the authority to use his name. And we have faith that if we do that, then God will honor that faith and great things will happen. 
It got them into a lot of trouble, though, didn't it? It got them into a lot of trouble because we must remember this was only a few weeks after the crucifixion, resurrection, and, and so on. Um, that would have been fresh in the memory of everybody. Um, uh, you know, the fact that this man, the Messiah, had been crucified, or who some claimed to be the Messiah was crucified, then all this news about him rising from the dead, and then, of course, this event would have been the talk of the town, the Holy Spirit coming upon them, uh, upon these early Christians. Now, to crown it all, the same kind of things that the Pharisees were trying to stop through the ministry of Jesus were happening now again, all over again, through those who were his believers. So, you know, they were not, they were not happy, the, the uh, Jewish authorities. So Peter and John get hauled before the council. And we read about that uh, in chapter 4. And they get thrown into jail uh, as a result. And, um, but by now, the, the number of believers had grown to about 5,000. It was unstoppable, wasn't it? It was unstoppable. You see, 3,000 just a few days before. Now it's up to 5,000. So these, um, these rulers, leaders, called Peter and John to give account of, of uh, what's going on. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> and, of course, Peter's men of boldness now, filled with the Holy Spirit when he spoke. That's what the Scripture says. So this was the Spirit speaking through him, totally uncompromising. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So he's not out to win friends. Doesn't mince his words, he's does saying, he? You, you crucified him, but God raised him from the dead. He is alive, and now in his name this miracle has happened. Um, and they go on to say, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Totally uncompromising gospel. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Oh, yes. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there before him, there was nothing they could say. <laughs> And you see, everybody knew this cripple because everybody went into the temple. Everybody would have passed him by, so they couldn't, they couldn't say that uh, the great miracle hadn't happened. They couldn't explain it away in, in, in any way whatsoever. So um, they tried to, to persuade Peter and John that they were not to do anything else in the name of Jesus. Um, but, you know, Peter says to him, well, you judge for yourselves. Is it right for us in God's sight to obey you rather than God? And uh, all Christians are sometimes put in that dilemma. We can be put in that dilemma today, in which case, of course, we always obey God. So after further threats, they let them go, and they couldn't decide how to punish them. Because all the people of God were, all the people were praising God for what has happened. 
You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 